Would you rather read an instruction manual or watch a video? Welcome to Right Start with Jim Custer, teaching pastor of Grace Polaris Church in Columbus, Ohio. There are a few of us who like to read the owner's manual. If it's been translated from another language, it's probably hilarious, but not very informative. It's much easier to watch someone else demonstrate the thing you're trying to do. Well, many of us have tried to instruct people into the kingdom of God when we should have been showing them what a child of the king looks like. From James 3.17, Jim has talked about the wisdom that's pure, then peaceable. The third thing about this wisdom from above, it's gentle. It's gentle. You know, it's okay sometimes to let your unsaved neighbor be wrong and smile. They'll find out. You know, sometimes you, 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 you let your child have an experience that teaches them what you were trying to teach them without the pain. And sometimes you buffer and you, you do all that you can to try to avoid hurt, but they're dead set. They're going to do it. Well, at some point, you put at risk your own integrity by being violent, by being loud, by being genuinely obnoxious about the truth. No, you don't do that. See, the wisdom that's from above is gentle. Are you getting the picture that this is like the Lord Jesus Christ? Yeah, he was pure. He was peaceable. He didn't go anywhere trying to stir up a fight. He didn't go anywhere trying to knock blocks off people's shoulders. He was gentle. He was approachable. The next verse says he's, it's willing to yield. You don't have to win every argument with your unsaved neighbor and friend. You don't have to have all the answers. They don't either. <laughs> I remember the, the, the shop-worn story about two years ago was going around about the, about the scientist who was blowing off at God and said, God, we don't need you anymore. Get out of the universe. Get out of our lives. We can do anything you can do. Just to prove it, let's, let's do a creation. God said, fine. And uh, the egotistic scientist said, uh, let's go back and do it the way you did it the first time. God said, fine, that's fine. And the man took a handful of dirt, and God said, first thing is get your own dirt. <laughs> you know. Now think about that for a minute. Think about it. See, there's some... There's some things that you don't have to win. You can be willing to yield. Willing to yield. God takes on all comers. God doesn't step back when somebody challenges him. God enjoins the conversation. And we should do the same thing. Not feeling that we've got to win. Not feeling we've got to beat them down. Not feeling we've got to come out on the top. Not feeling we have to have the final word. Willing to yield. That's talking about our temperament. It's talking about our spirit. It's talking about our absolute confidence that this conversation, this relationship is in God's hands, and my purpose in having this relationship is to see you come to know your creator, to see you come to know God. That's the purpose, not to win an argument. And you can win a battle and lose the war. Willing to yield. Look at the rest of them full of mercy, full of good fruits, without partiality, without hypocrisy. See, those are the traits of the wisdom that Paul said 
should govern our relationship with people who are outside. They're outside. They don't know. They don't understand. They are blinded. They are under the control of Satan himself. The Bible's very clear about that. They cannot know the things of God unless God himself breaks through the veneer, unless God himself penetrates, unless God himself takes down the barriers, these friends, relatives, associates, neighbors will never, ever move from outsiders to insiders. Won't happen. So remember that in your walk among the unbelievers. Be wise. Jesus once sends his disciples out two by two, and he says, be as wise as serpents and as harmless as doves. See, the issue is not my belief and their unbelief. That's not the issue. The issue is far deeper than that. The issue is truth. That's the issue. The, tr the issue is reality. The issue is eternity. The issues are God. The issues are larger than my own personal ego, my own personal reputation, my own personal skill. These issues are issues that God himself enjoys. So Paul tells the Colossians, now look, in your relationship with those who are on the outside, first of all, recognize that there are people outside. They may not even know that they're outside. They may still be confused and bewildered, but they're outside. They're on the other side of the experience of God's grace. In your relationship with them, walk in wisdom. Be wise. Like a shopper looking for the opportunities, looking for the moment, looking for the way to make an investment in that person's life, in that person's thinking, looking for the time when they are susceptible It's interesting to me that Jesus had his most successful ministry among people in pain. Did you ever notice that? I mean, it was when people were hurting that they were responsive to the Lord's invitation. And as long as they were arrogant, as long as they were combative, as long as they were full of pride and self-will, they were not impressed by Jesus, and Jesus did not make many followers among them. But when a child was sick, or when a son died, then there was a moment of opportunity, a time when Jesus could redeem the time. A time, a moment, a situation where Jesus could wisely move into the midst of that pain, that disappointment, that heartache, and show wisdom, and show peace, and show kindness. We are to be wise, walking billboards. You see, whether my neighbor believes what I believe or not, it's not my problem. Whether my neighbor ever comes to know Jesus Christ as his or her personal Lord and Savior, it's not my problem. That's God's problem. That's too big for me, too big for you, and I can't do anything about that but pray. Really can't. But 
how I advertise my faith is my problem. And I'm to be wise and alert, watchful, seeking for the opportunity when I can express to that person the truth. And in the meantime, I should be more concerned about making the truth winsome, desirable, than I am proving that I'm right. Got it? That's our lifestyle. That's how we ought to walk. The other verse talks about how we ought to talk, and it's very easy to understand. Colossians chapter 4, the Apostle Paul says, Our words are to be seasoned with salt. They are to be full of grace. Let your speech always be with grace. What is grace? Grace is that attitude of knowing that God has met my need in spite of my failures and that God has given me his mercy and his deliverance and his life, though I am not worthy. It's, it's the attitude of, of deference. If God can do what he's done in my life, my friend, he can do the same thing for you. That's how our words ought to be framed. Finding the appropriate way, the kind way to say things. Not bashing, but rather graciously, graciously speaking to our friends and neighbors. And seasoned with salt. Salt both speaks to the purity of our speech, we ought to watch some of the slang that creeps into our conversation. We should watch if we pick up the cliches of our age, that we know what we're saying when we use that cliche or that term. We should be careful and not careless that our speech and our words are true. And when we speak, obviously, our friend, our neighbor should have every confidence that we have spoken what is true and that they can count on us to have reported accurately and to follow through with any commitment we make. That's a huge responsibility. So you need to weigh your words carefully. Season with salt also has to do with the matter of pleasantness. You put salt on your food to enhance the taste. Salt on your food creates thirst. So our words should be designed to create within those outside interest, curiosity, attractiveness. Our words should be winsome, and they should be drawing other people to consider the things that have transformed our lives and made our lives full. The last phrase of verse 6 sums it up, that you may know how you ought to answer each man. And that phrase goes all the way back and includes the first part. So my walk is designed, my walk is designed to create in the minds or hearts of those who are outside an interest in the things that are our possession on the inside. 
And our words should do the same. It should bring questions to their minds. And we should be preparing ourselves to answer those questions. So much of Christianity today is pictured as aggressive. Aggressive, aggressive, aggressive. Uh, we would do well to be a little less aggressive and a little more patient, a little more prayerful, a little more discerning. Because many times it's not truth or information the people on the outside need. Many of them have great information. Many of them have had past experience with religious teaching. Many of them have deep disappointment in past religious experiments. It's not more information they necessarily need. What they're looking for is a genuine article, someone or someones that they can trust in order to share their deepest disappointments without being laughed at, in order to confess their most gross sins without being ridiculed or scorned, someone with whom they can share the deep, dark secrets and miseries of their heart and life without feeling that they're going to be mocked or that their sins are going to be advertised as prayer requests in the next public meeting of the saints at your church. Get my drift? We live in a world of outsiders people of whole different faith systems that are not rooted and anchored in the truth. And they are constantly looking, asking, is this all there is? We are to be the bait through our walk and through our words. We, we are to exhibit to them the better way and we are with our words to graciously and patiently, lovingly and kindly assure them that it really is true, that Jesus Christ really does come into individual hearts and lives and make that person's life better, gloriously better, and that there really is satisfaction and peace. There really is joy and contentment in this life here when the Lord Jesus Christ, by his spirit, is living in the human heart. That's what we should be advertising. Our Heavenly Father, we live in the mall all around us, men and women, are bargaining their eternal souls and their health for a thrill. They're looking for escape. They're looking for something that will satisfy the inner yearning and gnawing, their incredible thirst for meaning and significance. We have the truth in our relationship with you.
And I pray that we would be careful to demonstrate in a wise lifestyle that we do have peace, joy, that there really is a difference, and that that difference is eternal. Father, give us sensitive hearts toward those that are without. Help us to be less harsh in our words and actions about them. Remind us that you'll judge them, that, that they must answer to you, not to us, and that we must answer to you, not to them. Help us to get that straight. And then, Father, fill us with this wisdom that's from above, that our actions and our interactions, our behavior would be saturated with peace and gentleness, with meekness, with goodness, with grace. That those who are desperately looking for better solutions would see within us the solutions they seek. And Father, our tongues, they need to be controlled. James tells us that only your spirit can do that, and that your spirit will do that as he controls our heart, because it's out of the heart that the tongue speaks. So today, I ask that you would give all of us who are insiders, who, who know you and are experiencing your grace and mercy and life in our lives, give us the wisdom we need, the grace we need, the salt we need, and the watchfulness to be listening and recognizing those who are looking for the answer that you alone can give. With your heads bowed and your eyes closed, is it not obvious this morning that the Apostle Paul wants to take the pressure out of personal evangelism? It's not a game. You're not out there looking for scalps. It's, it's not a win thing. It's God's business, and you and I are his advertisement. Consistency, joy, peace, wisdom in choices of word and behavior. Alertness, praying, waiting, expecting that question, seeing the need, and being gentle and gracious in responding to the need in that outsider's heart and life that will open the door in their thinking and their understanding and cause them to want to trust Christ. That's our assignment this next year. The people of God, 
the people of God, advertising the character and the goodness of God in their relationships with those who are outside. This morning, my friend, if you have never stepped from outside inside and you'd like to know how to do that, you would like to experience God's grace and peace and love, forgiveness to your heart and mine, I invite you to come. Step out, come down here to the front. There'll be folks here that'll be thrilled to talk with you. No one's here to trash. No one's here to criticize. And if this morning there are things in your heart, Christian friend, that you need to deal with, attitudes of bitterness or harshness, attitudes of criticism, ask God by his spirit to melt and take those away and to fill you and me with a desire to be good witnesses to those on the outside. Our Father in heaven, help us not to back away from the sharp line of distinction outside, inside. Your word's very clear about that. Help us not to back away from the challenge of being good witnesses for you and of you. And may our lives be delightful demonstrations of the beauty and grace, contentment, and peace that you bring to the heart of each individual who is open to you. May this year, may we be good shoppers, redeeming the time, and use us to bridge to many who do not know Jesus and to invite them to experience your grace. Dismiss us now to think on these things and to make those changes necessary that we will be effective and fruitful. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Jesus told us to proclaim the good news to everyone everywhere, to make disciples and baptize them. We know that's our commission. But as to how we should go about that, the Lord gave those instructions through his apostles. In this sermon, we've consulted 1 Corinthians, the book of James, and our theme book, Colossians, thinking about our stance toward outsiders. The message is called, The People of God Are Contemporary. Ask for that title if you'd like to order the CD. We offer those to you for a gift of $7 or more. The series is The People of God, and all 17 messages can be yours on CD for a donation of $59 or more. Ordering information in just a second. Now it's my honor to say thank you to everyone who prayed and donated so that we could hear the message today. We know that God will bless our offerings made in faith and obedience. We'd like you to consider joining the Right Start family. Connect with us on the internet at rightstartradio.org. There you can hear this radio program again or play programs from the library. And you can play or download sermons by Pastor Jim in their entirety. If your schedule makes it difficult for you to catch the radio program every day, the Right Start podcast on iTunes will let you listen whenever it's convenient. 
You can donate online as well. Find us at rightstartradio.org or mail us at Right Start, P.O. Box 437, Worthington, Ohio, 43085, USA. Or call 1-800-984-2313. Again, 800-984-2313. Thanks for listening. I'm Dan Pope. More insights from Paul's Colossian letter are coming up on Monday. Have a great weekend, and then join us again for the next Right Start. Thank you.